Tales from the Fringes of Reality, Episode 5, Waffles and Greenery. So I've been doing a little bit of research between Jobs, Wanderer, and I'm still not turning up anything that could link back to your reality. All of the jobs I've had recently have been pretty cut and dry, easy enough to find and get people back home, but no one is so missing that I'd think they would be you. It's strange, honestly, how you could have disappeared without a singular trace of where you came from. I've actively cleared through all of our jobs every day, and there's still no sign of you. I'll keep digging, of course. I just... Well, I guess I just hope you don't mind all the waiting around that you have to do. It's not like I have much that can keep you entertained, and, well, hearing about people who are getting home when you can't... It's not an unfamiliar feeling, is all I'll say. What's that look? It's not my story you want, is it? Because I'm afraid there's not very much to tell. It's always been me here, in this space on the fringes with Minerva. An exciting life in that my job is exciting, but other than that, it's nothing extraordinary. It's nothing like the lives of the people I send home. People who work and live and fall in love and make friends and have families. Nothing special at all for me on the fringes. But enough about that. There's another job coming in. Are you sticking around again, Wanderer? I think Minerva has got her video system back online, if you'd rather take a look at some of the different realities. No? All right, let's get to work. What have we got, Min? Naomi Brightwin, they, them, from reality... 2812K. They had been lost before, but never quite like this. Celeste always told them that the way their brain wandered away from them would lead to them getting hurt someday. But Naomi didn't recall any pain that would have caused this level of confusion and discombobulation. It felt as though one minute they were walking through the fields taking pictures of the nearby cows, only to be lost in a city somewhere a minute later. There were no cities near Naomi's home. They knew this, and yet here they were, wandering the streets lined with towering buildings and wondering how in the name of peace they had gotten so lost. Bright sides? They mumbled to themselves, trying their best not to catch any attention from the people in the bustling streets around them. You've always wanted to visit the city, and... And this one looks nothing like the pictures of Magicenter, which is very cool. Magicenter, peace above, you're such an idiot, Naomi. Ducking down a nearby side street, Naomi started to call the magic to themselves, only to feel... nothing. It was as though their magic had been locked in their chest, just out of their reach, and they couldn't seem to grasp it. Couldn't hold it in their hands to cast the spell that they needed to send themselves home. I... 
How far away from home am I? The next thought, one that didn't make much sense given that they hadn't been able to access their magic already, was to try to reach through the magic to Celeste. Their life partner was the first thing they turned to for comfort, and so to have the connection fizzle into nothing in their mind was... heartbreaking. No homing spell, no comfort of a partner's words, no... No magic at all, except for the bit that they knew was still flowing in their veins, keeping them alive. What would happen if that magic faded while they were stuck in this place, with its towering buildings and stuck magic? Would they perish without being able to tell their partner goodbye? Stumbling back into the packed streets of the city, Naomi contemplated asking for help. But what would they even say? Yes, hello. I'm incredibly lost, and I can't reach the magic to contact my clear platonic partner. Do you have any magic I could borrow? As they looked around, though, seeing the carriages moving on their own and the wires strung high in the sky as light that came from something other than a candle spilled onto the street, they knew that asking to borrow magic would be fruitless. Any magic here would be far beyond what they knew and would be able to harness for themselves. Far too complicated and far too technical for them to do anything with. Naomi's power stemmed not only from inside themselves, but from nature as well. It was part of the reason why they never tried to visit the city, despite Celeste's insistence that it would be fine. They have parks in Magic Center for this exact reason, Celeste would reassure, showing Naomi map after map of different parks, and how Naomi would never be far from the thing they derived their power from. Plus, you'll have me. Even if the city somehow makes you too weak to stand, Something it definitely won't do. You'll have me to lean on and get you home. The two of them had been planning a trip into Magicenter together, something that Naomi had been cautiously optimistic about until they found themselves in an unknown city. Would they even be able to go back to explain to Celeste why they no longer wanted to go to Magicenter? Would the city that they were lost in now be better if they had Celeste's hand in theirs? her rough hands keeping Naomi grounded and in the moment, rather than floundering in their own mind. They were so lost in their own mind that they barely noticed they were about to walk into a street, only snapping back into reality when they felt something pulling them back. Christ, this your first day in the city or something? The person snapped, all but yanking Naomi over to the side street where they could calm their racing heart. They don't tell you to look both ways before crossing the street for nothing, you know? I'm sorry, they murmured, trying their best to get their vision to come back into focus. I am lost, very lost, to the point where I don't even know where I am, and I guess, I guess I just got lost in my own head as well as being lost in this place. Thank you for pulling me away from that street. The person breathed out something that could have been a swear, though it didn't sound like any of the swears Naomi was used to. Right, look, I'm sorry for snapping at you. It can't be easy to be lost in a city like this. Jillian O'Connor, but you could call me Gil. Naomi Brightwind, they said, staring at Gil's outstretched hand. Not quite sure what to do with it. I'm very much not from around here, so if this is a threat... Gil tilted her head to the side. Are handshakes a threat where you're from? Gil's hand was soft when she grabbed Naomi's, so different from the work-calloused hands of Celeste. 
You're starting to make me think aliens are real or something. You from another planet? I think I would know if I somehow managed to not be on Cena, thank you very much. Gil gave them a blank look, and the world proceeded to crumble around Naomi. This... this is Cena, is it not? Try Earth next time someone asks. You wouldn't want to scare anyone, would you? Gil smiled as she spoke, though, taking Naomi's hand again. Come on, let's get you some food and figure out what place you've fallen in from, since it's certainly not any planet I ever heard of. Naomi allowed themselves to be dragged along to the streets again, feeling more grounded with Gil's hand in theirs. It wasn't the same kind of grounding that Celeste would give, one of love and understanding, at least with the smallest bits of calming magic. This grounding was a bit rougher, a bit more unsure, without a trace of magic to it. And yet, it felt like friendship. Like the joy of finding someone in a crowd who could actually care enough about you to help you out. The buildings around them were still too tall and too unnatural, but connection to another person would always have a sort of magic to it. Even if it wasn't the type of magic Naomi was used to. They were ushered into something that Gil called a diner, leaning over the oddly sticky table and given a menu that they couldn't quite read. The letters looked similar enough to Sijin, but it wasn't quite right, words not fully forming in front of them. I don't know what this says. Right, you're not from around here. Okay. How's this? Sweet the savory. Sweet, I suppose? Sweets were a rarity in Cena, but Naomi enjoyed them when they got them. That seemed to be enough for Gil to go off of as she ordered for both of them, before looking back at Naomi, studying them intently. Thank you, again. Gil waved them off. Is fine. Could... could you tell me a bit about this Cena place? Oh, certainly. I'm from a little village called Foliage. It's quite a ways away from Magic Center, but it's always been a lovely place to live. Lots of greenery around the farm, which has always been better for me as my magic is drawn towards nature. Everyone in my family has an affinity for nature, hence why we've lived in Foliage for so long. My partner, Celeste, deals more with metal magic. She's a blacksmith, one of the few blacksmiths in Foliage. It's taught her to work quite closely with fire magic as well, though I suppose we can all tap into different types of magic. Affinities are more like what we're best at, rather than all we could do. But I tend to stick to the natural magics. Being in nature makes me calmer. I'm a weaver by trade, though I'm also known to do a bit of baking. Foliage thrives on a sense of community. You could feel it bouncing between us in every aspect of our life. Like a shared magic ball, except that's not how magic works. But I'm sure you know all about how magic works, given that you live in a city with such incredible magical tech. Gil scoffed. <laughs> Only magic in New York is whatever they got going on on Broadway. You have actual magic? Can you do any now? 
They tried desperately to reach into the magic that they knew would usually be flooding around them, but it was like Gil said, there wasn't any magic here to reach for. Naomi assumed that they just didn't know how to wield it, but it really, truly was absent from the daily lives of these people. It's... it's too far away for me to reach properly. It's like there's magic at the center of your world, but not enough of it in the air for me to conjure anything. I guess that's why I wasn't able to reach out to Celeste. I hope she's not too worried about me. You don't think your girlfriend gonna be worried you've gone missing? Not my girlfriend, Naomi bit out, thankfully being interrupted by the waitress coming back and placing two identical plates of food in front of them. Gil said it was called a waffle, and offered some kind of honey to put on it. She's my partner, Naomi explained as they started eating, but not... Neither of us are really into the romance aspect. I love her. Of course I do, but it's not... We're not. She is the most important person in my life. We live together, sleep together, spend time together, but not romantically, just... Just together. They had never had to explain their relationship with Celeste before. Plenty of people in foliage taking part in queer platonic relationships rather than romantic ones. To have Gil immediately assume that Celeste was their girlfriend hurt somewhere deep in Naomi's soul and they bit almost angrily into their waffle. I'm sorry, Gil said softly. It's pretty cool that you live in a place where being arrow isn't seen as a huge weird thing. Sometimes I forget that that other people get to have that. They shared a small smile, and for a moment, it was almost possible to forget that Naomi was lost in a place they had never heard of. It was almost possible to forget that magic couldn't be called, and that Celeste was who knows how far away. Smiling at Gil, they felt that sense of connection washing over them once more, and they knew that they would be able to find a way home, because they had a friend who would help them out. That's all we've got for now, Min. I guess we did catch it pretty early on. Okay. We at least know a decent bit about the world they ended up in, I guess? New York on Earth, no magic. How many Earths with a New York and no magic do we have, Minerva? 29 isn't bad, all things considered. How many Earths with a New York do we have, full stop? 1,089. Okay, yeah. 29 isn't all that bad. Okay, okay. Let's think of the things that were brought up that might clue us in on where they are. Waffles? Maybe? Mini. Down to eight. Wow, that's a lot of New Yorks without waffles. Those poor people. Okay, we're down to eight. Broadway is the one constant across all of New Yorks. Trust me. I've tried that one before, so... What else? How common is Jillian O'Connor, Min? In each one. Okay, wow, huh. Has any more information come in at all? No? Then there's gotta be something in the story that can help us find Naomi and get them home. Let me take a look at it again. Naomi pulled their magic from nature, right? 
or at least in part. Min, how many of these places have a park in them at all? All but two of them? Okay, give me the two that don't have a park. I'd be willing to bet they're in one of these. We kind of talked about this when we talked about Alistair, but there is magic in all of the realities. It's what they're made of, after all. It's just not easily accessed in some realities. Raw magic often becomes technology in those places, hiding away the magic that makes everything work under the guise of science. The reason I asked about the parks is, well, had Naomi been able to find one, I think they would have felt at least some of the natural magic that stems into the world. Surrounded by concrete and iron, they're not going to be able to feel any of magic's pull on reality, which means they had to be too far away from any large source of greenery for them to, well, survive, honestly. It's hard to say whether or not people from magical realities would survive in realities without magic. We're all made of magic, of course, but people from magical realities, they have a connection to it that can be felt to the very core of them. It's like Naomi said in their story, they could feel the difference between being in a world with magic around them and being in one without. They reach for something only to find nothing there, and that would happen to anyone supplanted from a magical reality into a non-magical one. The good thing is that we work quickly and make sure those people get home before it becomes a problem, but... I can't help but fear what would happen to people from magical realities if they were in non-magical places for too long. Anyway, I found Naomi Brightwin's file. They were in reality 420-BI and have now been slotted back into their correct reality. I'm going to watch after them for a little bit just to make sure they're readjusting well. It's been a while since we had someone with magic end up somewhere without magic at all, and I just worry it'll have negative effects, even if they forget their experience. Min, can you do me a favor and wipe memories of Naomi from Jillian O'Connor's file? It doesn't seem to have been removed automatically like it usually does, and I don't want her worrying about where her newfound friend has gone. There's already enough worry in her world. We don't need to add Naomi to that list. That seems to be the last job for the day, Wanderer. I'm gonna go do some more digging into where we might find you and see if we could get you home. You should grab some food. It's been a while since you last ate. I made waffles, funnily enough. Please, help yourself. I'll be here if you need me, okay? Thank you for listening to Tales from the Fringes of Reality. This episode was written and narrated by Pine Gonzalez, featuring music by GTXC Music. Please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, or feel free to connect with us on Tumblr and Twitter at The Fringes Pod. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you back here on The Fringes again soon.